Blessings, everybody. Welcome to uh, Jubilee's Men's Inheritance Meeting this morning. Welcome to you online. We just pray that, that the Lord would bring us into a place of victory. And we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, that, that you have already overcome and that you call us to arise into this place of victory with you. So let's all, let's all purpose in our hearts to, to do that, to intentionally say, Lord Jesus, in fact, pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I intentionally choose to put my eyes on you and follow and obey you choose not to fear but to walk in the victory that you have already provided and I give you praise in Jesus name amen amen hallelujah this is Isaiah chapter 60 one two three four Sun shall come. 
from afar. Your daughter shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant. And your heart shall swell with joy. all the people but the Lord it says the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen on you that's us his glory will be seen on us and this is so important today because we need to rise up we need to we need to understand who we are in Jesus and we need to understand the Spirit of God in us the Spirit of God I mean, God is not surprised by what's happening on the earth. He is not surprised. In fact, he laughs, you know, and, and, and he wants us to be in that place of walking in that victory with no fear. You know, it doesn't matter what the economy is doing. It doesn't because he's our provider. You know, it doesn't matter what, what, what the news is saying, you know, because he is... He is overshadowing us with his glory. And we can, we can just walk in this place of, of comfort and praise and peace. In fact, Jesus said, you know, when you see all these things happening, he specifically said, don't let it, don't let it bother you. You know, do not fear. Every, every time Jesus comes on the scene, he always says, peace be with you. Don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We have nothing to fear because he is risen. Amen. Hallelujah. This is, this next song is from 1 John 4, 4, and it's just a reminder to us. One, two, three, four. in the world 
mercy that is in you. That he that is in the world, you are a God, little children. Telling of our stories, and we. Love- 
Another song? Uh, yeah, 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 we can. Let's, let, let's do If My People again. All right. Hallelujah. This is a call for us. I mean, this is, this, you know, I, I had written Second uh, Chronicles 7.14. I had written it in a different, different way, but I, I really felt like the Lord wanted me to do it in this bluesy type of, genre because it really is us it's God calling out to us he says if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray so one two three four if my people Call by my name, will humble themselves and pray. If my people will seek my face and turn from their wicked ways.
Yeah, we needed that one. That thank you. That is a good word from the Lord. Praise the Lord. Say hello to somebody. Welcome each other, and then we'll get into the word. Happy Veterans Day, everybody. Welcome online. We're glad you're in the house, even though you're at your house. We're one body, many members, many locations, one spirit, one body, one baptism. So you're in, and we bless you today in Jesus' glorious name. Well. I got uh, good news. Dan Peters, you're, where are you at? Okay, Dan Peters has a list for all veterans where in this county they're serving food at restaurants in honor of you. And uh, we thank God for that. So any veteran. In fact, how many veterans are here in the house? Will you stand, stand together? I wanted to ask one of you. Or me. Yeah, we thank you first off. This is good. This is good. And the Lord's got a word for us because of you today. And would any of you would like to speak up, uh, to us or declare to us for the nation? Just a, a testimony of God's stirring. I think that you carry an authority that we, I don't carry because you were in the service and I wasn't. And there's something about that before God's, you know, you're one of the God's mighty men. So if one of you'd like to come up and just speak Pray over our nation, declare its destiny, tell us where it's going. Not where it's going by its choice, but where God has it to go by his choice. We'd love for that to be. Looks like you, Bill. Right there. All right, you guys can be seated. It's on. I guess I'm on, huh? You're on. Even though I was in the Navy and I didn't see very much action, my friends got killed. I lost three friends in Vietnam. Two of them stand, uh, uh, stepped on a landmine and one of them got shot when he was coming out of a building. And I just praise God because I didn't have to go through that way. But I just started thinking how blessed we are as a nation. We have freedom. We have freedom that nobody else has. And we can never ever take that for granted <laughs> never yes. because it comes from jesus and what he did on the cross no one else could do yes and i'm always reminded by the holy spirit remember that he says remember that son that's why i wrote that song on calvary remember calvary but this nation is not going to fall in jesus name yep. it may after we leave in the rapture that's fine with me but while we're here 
It ain't going nowhere. We're staying. We're standing on the rock of Jesus Christ, and we're standing on the Constitution that he had put into place by men that were greater than you could ever imagine. Men of strength with no fear. They lost everything that they had for this country, and it's not going down. It's not going down. So I just want to thank every one of you men that are here today. It's a real blessing to see your faces. And I hope we get more guys because this is something that's very important. The pastor loves to have men together because he knows the power and the strength when we pray. And I see it in my life. I see it in a lot of people's lives. And it's always the men that take the step first. We're the ones that are supposed to go out there. We're the ones that are at the front line. So we got to remember that. And in Jesus' name, Father, I just praise you for every mm -hmm. man here. I praise you for their families. I praise you, Lord, that you're covering them with every single blessing that you can throw upon them. Let them realize that things are coming that are so wonderful from you are going to be such a blessing that we need to open up our hearts and receive. I thank you for today, and I thank you for Pastor Steve. Bless us all, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Anyone else? Any other veteran want to come on up, Larry? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm a Vietnam infantry veteran, U.S. Army. I, I'm very fortunate to be standing here. I've had some close calls. I stepped on a, a landmine that didn't detonate. I was outside the perimeter had to, after a big battle. And my radio, op, my radio man had forgotten his radio, and it was getting dark. And I had to walk back into toward the perimeter. And I, I could hear the rifles clicking off of safety. And I said, this is Sergeant C. I forgot the radio. And he said, OK, come on in. I had to, fortunately, I remembered the, the password. But I was in front of a, a company, a group of men that didn't know who I was. I'm, I'm very fortunate to be standing here. I've had a blessed life. My wife, my beautiful Dana, and I just returned from a trip to France. And we went to the beaches at Normandy, the Omaha, Utah, Sword, Juneau, and Gold, where the Allies landed on June 6, 1944. And I'll tell you, as an infantryman, I was humbled as I stood on that beach and I could only imagine what it must have been like to be on those Higgins boats as that ramp dropped. And we had to go ashore. And machine gun bullets were hitting the water around us. Men were dropping dead before they got to the beach. And there's no shelter from the shoreline for approximately half a mile. It was wide open beach. The Germans had machine guns on both sides of the beach. It was 95% it was of the first wave of Americans was killed. 4,415 the first day. 4,415 Americans the first day. I was truly humbled. We went to the cemetery, to the American cemetery. We saw row upon row upon row of crosses and stars of David. And Dana, my, my beautiful Dana, as she was watching, walking by one of the crosses, she noticed 
the name of the soldier, and the date of his death was 25 December 1944. Can you imagine getting that news as a fam for a family? Christmas would never be the same. Christmas Day. I was truly humbled. I, I was, it made me realize that freedom is not free. We, we paid for it, every one of us. Freedom is not free. Please remember that. I'd like to pray for this country. I'd like to pray for the men who served. I'd like to pray for all those people that, that during, the, during the war, during World War II, everybody pitched in. The women were working in factories. It was a joint effort. The entire country was behind the effort. And uh, without, without, without the, the guns and the tanks and the, and the wonderful men that served in that war, in World War II, we may, we may have lost. We were fighting two wars. We were fighting a war in Germany, and the Marines were fighting in the Pacific. Two wars at the same time. Anyway, go ahead and pray, Larry. So I am. I'm, I'm taking up your time, Steve. Sorry. No, no. Go ahead. You pray. So <laughs> okay, I, I'm not agree. good. I'm not a good prayer giver, but I'm going to say, dear Lord, please watch over this beautiful country of ours and keep us safe. Keep us safe from terrorism. Keep us safe from a, a, a short a, attack on our land. And and. Uh, and watch over us. Amen. 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 Thank you, Larry. Yeah. Here, I can take that. I'll just grab it. Bless you. Thank you. I think uh, the second thing that happened by the Spirit was uh, that song you, we did on John, 1 John 4, 4 and Revelation 12, 11, overcame by the blood of the Lamb, word of their testimony, telling their story, telling our story, and loving not our life unto death. And I felt... That was just, there's like an empowerment coming. And I want to share the, the word God's given us. But I feel like we should take a moment and break up into a group of two people and take just, just a minute, two minutes to tell our story, how we came into the kingdom, how, how we were saved. And it could have been many, 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 many years ago, or it could have been just recent, but tell the story so that we can uh, empower that spirit of the overcomer. This is the hour of the overcomer. And that overcoming is through the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony, not loving our life. So if you can just find some, one other person just right next to you, turn around, two people. So take about two minutes. I'll show my story with you guys online. Praise the name of Jesus. Wes, are you able to get uh, Yeah, go for it. Right there. Steve, you're about... You're about to be ambushed. <laughs> Thank you. You got a testimony. Yes. Can you take me out? Yes. Praise the Lord. You've got a testimony. Don't want to talk over the men, but if we can come out of the house, I'm going to speak to you. Yeah. Yes, the Lord did a wonderful work.
My mom had been saved about um, six years prior. Nobody had ever gone to church in our family as far as when we were growing up. And um, prayer, prayer is what saved me, intercession. There wasn't any convincing me. I was already lost by the time she was saved. I was already headstrong in my rebellion. It sounds so silly now when I'm so much older, but it was, and my life was set. But God, and the night I gave my life to Jesus, was at a comp concert. And at that concert, uh, I didn't come to Christ because of the music. I came because I saw people having something I didn't have. I was led to be told about this Jesus who crossed over, made a path without the path he provided. There was no way to cross over, to come to faith, to come to be accepted. I could feel the burning in my heart that this was true and I needed to say yes or act on it. I was going to miss a moment. You know, it's like there was a real conviction. Didn't know it then, but it was strong enough that I interrupted the young man, Larry, and said, hey, would you, can we pray right now? Probably surprised him, but we did pray right then. And when we asked Jesus into my heart, he came into my heart and made me a new creation. Next morning, I read my, all of the book of Matthew, 28 chapters, something I wouldn't. I just started to become imbibed. Uh, by the following Sunday, I went to church for the first time in my life. Went to one church it's with my parents at their early service. And then I went to another church, the later service that same morning. And then back to that church at night. And it was like everything that had been prior was all of a sudden gone. I can remember riding my uh, bike to school, to the Ventura College, and saying, Lord, I, the day... Two weeks prior, I was bemoaning my life, uh, my regrets of what I had done or didn't do, what had happened or wouldn't, didn't happen. And now I was thanking God for everything that I was bemoaning two weeks earlier, saying, without these, I wouldn't have found you. I wouldn't have responded to you. I wouldn't have come to you. So he turned my mourning into gladness. He took my death, and he called me out of death into his life. And he grabbed hold of my heart about... Uh, Two weeks later, three weeks later, I am on my way to a discipleship house simply because I had a simple de prayer declaration. I said, I want others to know. I want to spend my life having other people know about Jesus. And that unction put in my heart a willingness and, and a calling that just has grown ever since. And now that's still what I'm doing. But it wouldn't have started had I been educated to do that or trained to do that or it was because I met the one, I met the man, Jesus, and he saved me. And he is my testimony, he is my faith, he's my hope in Jesus' glorious name. Amen. <clears throat> okay. Now can I get me back in house? Blessings, blessings. Okay, we should be wrapping up our testimony. I hope you can finish it, pull it together so we can get into the word. Morning, Mike. Okay. Wow. Can you feel the faith that rises when you start to share your testimony? It's like it's like it becomes alive again, no matter how many years ago. And that's the power of the testimony. The testimony of what God is saying, what God is speaking, how He got a hold of us. So, yeah. Let's all. Um, I want to get your attention. Just here's a here's a word from. This came 
for us because of veterans, and it's on Veterans Day, and it's in the spirit of the time we're in. We were in a staff meeting on Tuesday, and it became strong in the spirit. Everybody's talking about the call to the overcomers. It's to rise up, uh, to not fall down and fall apart, but to rise up, not to be fearful and dismayed, but to be strong and courageous. And so it was so powerful. And what I heard just while I was in the hallway this morning, because I've been knowing this day is an important day, Veterans Day, because this is, we're in the middle of Israel's at war, and it's very impactful. It's affecting every, every, all the nations, because whatever happens to Israel happens to the church next and to all the nations following. So it's, it's imperative that we stay in prayer, and we've been called to be intercessors, which are the spiritual warriors that, that stand before God and set things in a course that they're to go and not the course that they want to go. And we have that capacity and we want to activate that in a fresh way. In, um, what I was reminded about was Caleb and Joshua. And in Numbers chapter 13, 27, you've probably heard the story many times, but I think it's today again important because it has ramifications for, for all of us. And so we're going to Numbers 13, 27. Uh, this is the report from the 12 spies. Um, they're, they've come back from looking into the land, prepared to go, and, and it says, they told him and said, we went into the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, and there's the, those words that can undo an army, a people, a nation. The people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. So you can imagine hearts are melting at this very moment. And he quiets everyone and says, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. This, this different spirit, this confidence, because not by what you see, but because of who you see that you can't see, the unseen. He declares, let's go, let's go. But the men who had gone excuse me, men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they're stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. So 12 men see the same fruitfulness. Two men see it as ours for the taking because God is sending us. Ten men see it as we'll be devoured, and we, we can't do it. So chapter 14, verse 1. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. And the people wept that night. I'll wait for it to catch up. Chapter 14, verse 1. So could you imagine now, this is a heart, this is the entire people of Israel have just melted. 
by the news. And th this happens all the time. But now God's calling for us as men especially to rise up. And, and it's not to try to be a forceful voice in the natural, but to be a supernatural voice that begins to speak beyond what natural man. Because at this moment, there was no fixing this. This, this was a wave. This was going, this is the, the decision upon this action. God made a vow. He said, I will not let you come into my promise. You're not going to come into my rest because you have just refused to follow my way. Your heart drifts apart. You don't know who I am. And you've, I've te you've tested me 10 times. So they're two years into a journey. Now it's going to be a 40-year wait. So all the congregation lifted up their voices, cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained. Once you're, in, once you're melting from your position of faith, you start to find blame. It's always just human nature. And they complained against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Uh, it's just human nature when God is not the not the one we're looking upon and being empowered by what we see and the word we're hearing to just kind of go, oh, I just, just begin to, our imagination runs wild and we see the worst. And that's why Wes was so right to encourage us. We don't, aren't to be afraid in this hour. So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. So, you know, again, let's get a new leader. It's, it's the leader's fault. And, and, they're just, just going human nature. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. There, these two men understand that what's happening is not a rebellion against Moses and Aaron. It's a rebellion against God and his word and what he's asking and providing. So they're down in humility, great humility. Uh, but Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we passed through to spy out is exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us. Now, in war, spiritual warfare or physical warfare, it's, there's no guarantee, but it's... But there is a guarantee God has control over every part of it. And we can be engaged and not withdraw. I had a good friend of mine, Rod Anderson, wrote a... I asked him for some teachings he did many years ago on spiritual warfare. And he talked about, you know, the weapons of our warfare. And then he made a quote from... Uh, uh, concerning the beach of Omaha. Omaha. He said, only five infantry companies on Omaha Beach, June 6, 1944, were tactically effective. In these companies, one-fifth of the men fired their weapons during the day-long advance from Water's Edge to the first row of villages. A total of not more than 400 men fired consistently. So we, all were equipped with the same, but not all had the internal capacity to be engaged to the level that 
this is illustrating. Some never fired their enemy, uh, weapons, some fired consistently. The best showing that could be made by the most spirited and aggressive companies was that one man in four had made some use of his firepower. So prayer is our firepower. And we have the capacity to, to change any course in the earth through prayer. Greater than politics, greater than economics, greater than, than efforts of man, this prayer. And here, Caleb is trying to pull people back, but they've, he's lost them. Joshua. Only they said, do not rebel against the Lord. The, 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 the conflicts of rebelling against God is what all things come down to. And this was God's provision and plan. And they were saying, we won't. Only don't rebel against the Lord, don't, nor fear the people of the land, for they are bread. They're our bread. And that's what a battle means in the, in the Hebrew. It means to eat, uh, to, to stand in this battle, to succeed, to, to devour. You're going to don't. Just they're our bread. Their protection is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Now, there's no sign that those things were so. There was no sign because the sign that everybody saw was that, no, the land's going to devour us. The giants are there. We can't deal with it. They're giants, and we're grasshoppers. But Caleb was different, and Joshua. And all the congregation had to said, stone them with stones. Now, the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. So now, all of a sudden, here comes God. And then the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me with all the signs which I have performed among them? That sounds like Jesus when he had to deal with the, the, the epileptic son and, and his disciples couldn't cast the demon out of. And he said, how long will I be with you? How long must I bear with you? And I let myself be chastised by the Lord with those words because I want to change. I don't want to be one that that makes excuse or arguments for my lack of success or, or, or capacity of, of, of the work that he wants done. So this Lord, our Lord, speaks to Moses and he says, I will strike them with pestilence and I will disinherit them. And I will make you a nation greater and mightier than they. Now, we've said this before. These are two important things. God could have done that. And we would know Israel, or however, by the, by the inheritance of, Abe, of Moses. It, it would have, it would have, he, he wasn't, you know, just throwing something out. He was, I'm ready to do that. We'll start all over. We'll wait another thousand years to get to this place. Another 400 years. So, what a temptation for a man who is the leader of a company to be told we can just start over and make you the, the, the source of it all. But Moses said to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear it. For by your might, you brought these people out from among them. And they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land that they heard that you, Lord, are among these people. That you, Lord, are seen face to face. And your cloud stands above them. And you go before them in a pillar of cloud day and pillar of fire by night. Now, if you kill these people as one man, then the nations which have heard of your fame will speak, 
saying, because the Lord was not able to bring his people to the land which he swore to give them, therefore he killed them in the wilderness. And now I pray, let the Lord, the power of my Lord be great, just as you have spoken, saying, this is masterful, masterful. We, every one of us, this is the weapons of our warfare, to engage with the Father through the work of Jesus Christ, to call forth the name of the Lord to be glorified in a situation that is rejecting the name of the Lord from being Lord over. We uh, always, everything in the Bible is done for the glory of God. It's all in his name and for the glory of his name, and it's never because we deserve it. It's never because we earned it. It's never, it's just because somebody can turn this conversation back to God's heart to do a great work through his name, like Daniel did and uh, Moses is doing right here. He's now recounting, in verse 18, he is now recounting the, ex the revelation of the glory of God that he experienced on, on the second time up on Mount uh, Horeb uh, when in Exodus 34. When he said, I, gotta, I want to see a glory, he said, come on up and I'll hide you behind the rock and I'll let my, all my goodness pass before you and I'll proclaim the name of the Lord. So in the glory is always names, the voice. And he, he said, now, remember, the Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy. He's telling God back his words. Forgiving iniquity and transgressions. He's, those are God's words to Moses concerning who he was. But he by no means clears the guilty. The same words. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations. Pardon the iniquity of this people, I pray, according to the greatness of your mercy, just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. That is what we're to do. And the, the possibility of declaring that over family, children, households, neighborhoods, our nation, Israel, the living church, I, I, is unlimited it, per our ability to, before God to see what he's doing and, and, and stand there. And we're going to practice that in a couple minutes. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. Imagine that. One man put God in the center and didn't accuse the wickedness of the nation. He knew the nation was wicked. But the nation couldn't help themselves. America can't help itself. Church can't help herself. We're not even going to get to heaven because we, we did the right thing. We're going to get to heaven because our Lord washes us with the water of the word so he can present to himself a holy chaste bride. We are desperately dependent upon God to, do, to take us to the next step. We just can't get there on our own. I can't. And any of you have had enough time practicing, you know you can't. He said, I, so he says to Moses, I have pardoned them according to your word. You, and God only listens to his word. And all that Moses said was his word. It's powerful. It's absolutely powerful. And when we take the, take the place of the transgressor, when we stand in the midst of where the transgression is and we want God's to come for his namesake and so that he, is, he will receive glory and so that the testimony will become great, then God is totally all ears. But truly, he says, as I live, 
all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. So not just a little. It's got, it's going to get so big. That light's going to get so bright. There's going to become, an, in, it will be impossible for man, for Israel, to, to, to talk God out of culture, out of reality, because he's coming. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these ten times and have not heeded my voice. So God is now going to deal with it. And there is times he has to judge because he has to bring separations. Sometimes in very strong separations. Sometimes, as we'll see, also a gradual separation. The, they certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. So the ten spies and all of the nation. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully. And again, I don't, I, I, God measures us in the secret. I'm only who I am before God. I'm no more, I could be a lot before people and people might think something of it, but it, it has no say, but who I am before God and who God establishes me before him in his word and in those experiences that's the different spirit. That's where the different spirit comes because uh, Caleb followed him fully. I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. So God is separating. He's doing a big change right then. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwell in the valley. Tomorrow, turn and move out into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, how long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I've heard their complaints which the children of Israel make against me. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you've spoken in my hearing, so will I do. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness. All of you who were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above, except for Caleb, the son of Jephthah, and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in. And we just read this, if you're reading with me through the Bible, we just read Hebrews. Yesterday was chapter 4, and we just read about this very event. And now as believers, we're being charged to make sure we don't fall in the same example of disobedience. Because the good news can come to us, but unless it's practiced, mixed with faith, effectively taken hold of it can we can not we can be the same kind of thing because when the crises come we'll capitulate away from the lord and into the situation and, and move it out of where god would have it he just wants one man just one man it's all it takes is one man to win a war in a battle because that one per like the david's or here caleb but so you, instead, he says, but your little ones whom you said would be victims, you had to, I'll bring them and they will know the land which you have despised. But as for you, your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness and your sons shall be shepherds in the wilderness 40 years and bear the brunt of your infidelity until your carcasses are consumed in the wilderness. 
according to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, 40 days for each day, you shall bear your guilt one year, namely 40 years, and you shall know my rejection. And then the Lord has spoken this. He said, I will surely do all this evil, do this, I will so do to all this evil congregation who have gathered together against me in the wilderness. They shall be consumed and there they shall die. Now when Moses, now the men whom Moses spent out, sent out to spy out the land who returned and made all the congregation complain against him by bringing a bad report of the Lord, those very men who brought the evil report about the land died by the plague before the Lord. A plague was going to kill the whole nation. God said, no, I won't do it because of your word. This red nation will now walk out. This disobe disobedience will raise up another generation to, um, to come into the land 40 years. And then the plague that was going to take down the nation takes down 10 men. Uh, it was a day that caught everyone's attention. In fact, the next thing, the next morning, all the Israel gets up and says, we're ready, we'll go into the, we'll go, we're, we'll go fight, we'll go, we're, we changed our mind, we're in. And then Moses says, no, you won't win, you can't. God's not with you. You cannot go and you will not prevail. But they insisted on going. So they all got dressed up for battle. And Moses didn't go, the ark didn't go, Aaron didn't go, and they went and they were chased out like bees, chasing them out of that mountains. And so they all had to begin to walk a training for reigning. Maybe America has been in that training. Maybe the whole church has been in that training for a season. I don't know fully about that. But I do know that whenever God speaks, he always has redemption. He has a plan. So in the irony of God, Numbers 14. Let's go to Joshua 14. This is the promise of God over us. And I believe because of Veterans Day, it, it was highlighted to me in the spirit. In chapter 14 of Joshua, verse 6. So, um, then the children of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. For the heart believes. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where you have trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke the word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old. As yet, I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. I believe that right here in this room and, and amongst our, the body of the living Christ are Caleb's and Joshua's who have walked out a journey while others pass away and another generation ready to go in 
because they've been trained through the, the wilderness. You know, I used to, you, we'll hear people all the time say, you know what, Israel could have been in the promised land, you know, eight-day journey, five-day journey. But they couldn't have been in any earlier than two years because they had to build a tabernacle. They had to have a, a, a central worship for a community. They had to have a presence of God. He had to have a place to dwell amongst them. They had to learn who they were. So in two years now, they had had the opportunity to go in, but their hearts had not changed. Their hearts had gone away straight. And therefore, they had to go through the wilderness to have their hearts changed because Deuteronomy 8 will tell you why he did that was to humble them, then to know their heart, what's in them, and to teach them, train them that they, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So over and over, take down the tabernacle, cloud move, we have to take it down, pack it up, move it over, cloud stops here, we have to put the tabernacle back up and put the worship back in place. And if that happens the next day, we have to do it all over again. Or if it's he, the presence stays for a year, we stay there. They're learning. They're learning. They're growing. They're, and I'd, you know, I'd think, well, that's a long time to learn something. But God, God reminded me. He said, that's what I had. I had to spend that much time with Moses. Moses had to spend 40 years outside of Egypt to undo Egypt and to bring dependence I believe we're at that moment again where there is a readiness and those who were there prior and those who are, have been come up in, in, the, in the journey, we're about ready to see great advance of the kingdom. And it's going to come out of this spirit of Caleb. So listen to his words, verse 12. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. And now, true faith, it may be. Faith is not a guarantee. Faith is, a, is, is an abandonment to God, into his love and to trust. If I die, I die. See, without the third component of the overcomer, we will always retreat in the fear of death. So blood is my atonement, my deals with all accusation, dismantles all of the, the cases against me, the word of my testimony, what I've heard God say, Jesus say, how I got saved and all the living, and I don't love my life until even to the point of death. And that word life is suke, my soul, my me. And I'm still me. I, I, I checked it, and 48 years later, I'm still me. I learn to trust God more. I rely less upon me, but I'm me. And I was saved. But here, this Caleb is going, it may be that the Lord will be with me, and, it sh and I shall be able to drive them out of the land, of, out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephna, as an inheritance. I love what God's doing in us. And I want to talk about how we would do that spiritually. 
because today uh, we're in a we're in a wars that can be impacted more so by those who learn who know how to position themselves before God and agree with Him. And Moses did that for the nation of Israel. God continued His training. So if you'll go with me to uh, ha Hebrews, we'll go with like three scriptures and then we'll practice it in three different dimensions. Hebrews chapter 7. Verse 24. Hebrews seven twenty-four. This is speaking of Jesus, our high priest, and his continual prayers. But he, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he is able. He is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Since he ever lives to make intercession for them. We come to God through Jesus and he's able to save us to the uttermost because he's always making intercession for us and the word for often and I like using the word over us because it gives us where his position is. It's not in place of us. He's over us and that over us is, is so important for such a high priest was fitting for us. We needed this high priest and we cannot come fully in as even Israel couldn't without the na understanding the worship of the nation, nor can we understand it without understanding our relationship to God through the high priest. We needed him. He was holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens. This Jesus now, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. So what God accomplished in the Son through the one sacrifice for all time for all people is permanent. Therefore, there are no more sacrifices being offered by Jesus. There's no more. Uh, it's what is he doing? If you jump with me to chapter 9, verse 23, Hebrews 9, 23. And I believe this posture, since this calling to stand as an intercessor, Moses was the great intercessor. He positioned himself in the in in the whole, in the gap, and he said, "This, you know, the first time they they rebelled with the with the cap, he said, if you won't take them, then take me out of your write me out, take me out of the book.' He had a heart that says, you know, I'm not going to just." Let others go by and just let it be passed off and cast away. I know we're here. You're the one that's going to have to get us on the other side. So, therefore, it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens, that's meaning the earthly tabernacle and all of that, which we read in, um, in Numbers and, and Exodus, had to be purified with these things. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices... See, Jesus is the high priest of a tabernacle in heaven. And he has made heaven accessible to us. And for Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear 
in the presence of God for us. And remember that word appear. We'll come back to that. Not that he should offer himself often as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood of another. He then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. Can you imagine going back to the cross every year? No. He, it's just... It, he, he, it's ludicrous. But now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. That was his charge, his first appearance. Evident. As it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment, he's not going to die again the second time. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, it's the posture of the heart, which is... Paul points that out to Timothy. There's a crown of glory to not only him at the end of his race, but to all who love his appearing. Eagerly wait. He will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. So in the second coming of the Lord, there will be no dealing with sin. Sin will have been eradicated. There will be separations from goats and sheep and such. like. But he's really coming for the purpose now to fully establish and fully put in place salvation that's the second appearing so right there we, we wait for that second appearing but back to verse um, 24 I like to call this the I don't know what I call it it's the in-between appearing the current appearing of the Lord it says for Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands which are copies of the true but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us, over us. So every, for eternity, until he re, he's told to go, go and get your bride, son. You please, go ahead, take your bride, go gather. He's now before the Father, appearing, which is the word uh, to be placed as the one in display. The Father sees the Son. The Son is standing in front of the Father. And He's over us. He's appearing, not negotiating. He's a mediator. The covenant is in place. He's continually calling everything to the fulfillment of what was given Him. He's the one holding us in a place and saying, Father, we will see a perfect and perfect bride. We will see a mature church. We will see a glorious people. And I am here in agreement with that. And that's my intercession. That's my intercession. Completion and fulfillment and whatever is whatever in conflict with my will, our word, we will see it overthrown and the people will yield and they will respond and there will be the, the training for reigning. As it, you might say, walking through the earth is walking through the wilderness learning to not depend upon our own strength, our own means, but upon every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So, 1 Timothy, and this will be my last verse, chapter 2. This was the young Timothy left in Crete to establish elders and order and the churches, how to function in the house of God. And... He says in chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore, I exhort, first of all, not second, not at, on the evening, 
First of all, that's supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Okay? One of the things that changed my life in prayer was when I learned to give thanks for all men and did not pray different prayers for different people. I have one prayer for all people. It's the same prayer I want for me because otherwise I am now the judge of evil thoughts. I'm coming up with decisions on who should live and who should die. So it's learning, learning this supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving to thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. That's the desire. That's the opportunity for the kingdom to have expansion. So he wants quietness and peacefulness in our life and godliness reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So again, not reactionary prayer, but covenant prayer is we look to what God has said and we say, I want to remind you of the words that you have spoken concerning what you're accomplishing and the desire you have that your house will be full, that many will come to the faith, that, you are, that you're saving this terrorists to become apostles. You, just, you, you bring forth the scripture to the knowledge of the truth, to be saved, to knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. That's what we just saw, what he's doing. Standing before. Second Timothy tells us a faithful saying that um, if we... If we deny him, he will deny us. But if, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. So even though we lose our faith and wander in and out of faith, he never, never disengages from the covenant he and the Father are in and all of us in him. So this man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle. I'm speaking the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. So where are you going with this, Paul? I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. This is how our nation will awaken and how the church will come back into a, a, a true vital union with God again. This is how Israel will have their eyes opened as the scriptures tell us and they will see the one whom they pierced. This posture to assume the posture of Jesus, our high priest, as priests living on the earth and kings living on the earth to lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. That is not an easy thing to do. First off, the posture of lifting up the holy hands is a posture of surrender and recognition and dependency and worship and praise. To not have wrath is really hard, right? Wrath is just super strong emotions. And in and, and, and any time the body of Jesus or my life in any path go into wrath, I have stepped out of the kingdom's influence and into darkness. That's why the wrath of man will never, Romans 12 says, never work the righteousness of God. We are in a 
entirely different kingdom that operates in humility under Christ. And so to lift up holy hands without wrath. So you can't use your anger, your, your hatred, your distastfulness. It's, it's got to be inside of love. But then he says, without doubting. And now that's the part of, if I, I've, got to, I've got to see something other than what I'm looking at. Because if I'm looking at what I'm looking at, I lose my position. So the, 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 the picture that I've had, because I, I, I feel like we're just prepared for a time that's, that's going to be a glorious time of the revealing of Jesus Christ and the body of Christ. I believe he's really going to be seen in our midst. It's like Wes said, we're going to carry something people don't have. We're going to walk into, but, but it's first by practicing it in the presence of God, practicing it and for reals. So there's three things that I find now that are just came alive in my life. I've known them forever, but they've come alive. They've like come forward for such a time as this. One is the scriptures. That only the scriptures have the authority to, to stop the, the devil from what he's doing and silence his mouth or to gain the attention of heaven to accomplish what it was spoken by the scriptures. So to have scriptures that I'm declaring to the Lord as I stand before the Lord. And again, then there's that alone time to, to practice the way of the king. How do I... How do I come inside of the Holy of Holies? How do I stand before God? How do I, how do I place myself there? Rome, Hebrews 10. Come boldly through the blood of the Lamb, through the new and living way, the veil of his flesh, through Jesus Christ's resurrection. He's the high priest over us. So practicing that. And then standing. Uh, and this is where I want to practice this. Let's... Let's start with someone we love, someone close to us, but someone we love, and we don't, and we're, we're, we're carrying a burden for them. We see things, they're not where they're to be. We want them to be better. Maybe they're really good, but they, we know there's promises yet to be fulfilled. It could be your, your spouse, it could be a child, it could be a grandchild, it could be just someone that you've, you've carried a burden for. So, can everybody think of somebody? All right. Let's, let's just practice If we stand up together, because Jesus is standing in the presence of God. And I don't mean you can't pray when you sit, but just for an exercise. Now, let's again agree that we are in Christ. Amen? I'm in Christ, and I come boldly by the blood of the Lamb. I say that to myself all the time. I'm coming boldly with all confidence and outspokenness into your very presence of holiness. I come through the veil of your flesh. Imagine, see this, what God accomplished in the, in the Son by the sacrifice and now demonstrated in the resurrection. You're over me. You're over the house of God. You're over me. And now I come to God through you. And I'm standing in you. Now, God knows the people we love and knows all the things that are concerning us over them. So while we stand, 
Because I believe this is what Jesus does for his entire bride. Bring that person forward with you. In other words, take them out of the place of their struggle and trouble and bring them into the place of God's peace and rest, his completeness and his fulfillment. Sometimes at this point, it's wonderful to tell the Lord the promises he's made concerning them, scriptures he spoke over them, especially if those scriptures seem to have gone not into fulfillment in any way, but yet they were very clearly God speaking long ago when there was no reason not to think so. That's what Jesus does in intercession. He stands with us with the word of God over us. So take your, allow your imagination if the scriptures start to come to you and just let them come forth again. Again, we would do this with our mouth and our heart. And if you're questioning, what, what did you ever say? Holy Spirit's here to help bring us to our remembrance everything Jesus ever said. And as we stand here, we're not, we disengage from the anger, we forgive, 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 whoever and whatever has happened that appears to be the reason things have gone so wrong. We release them. And then moving from what is the obvious of the problem, we look past the obvious problem into the eternal promise. See them returning, see them alive, see them repentant, rejoicing. They're standing with you because we're standing like Jesus stands over us, we brought others we love with us, that they too might agree and see. Wow. See the future. Promise fulfilled. Beauty, holiness, forgiveness, fervency, fire, love.
Now, while we're standing here, let's take a nation as we would a person. Israel. Let's start there. And not a nation based on who's in charge and who's making decisions, but based on what God has promised and declared he would do. Israel's so full because it's all scriptures about it. Again, we can say, Lord, release the forgiveness that's in the Son over the land and over the people. We disengage from the wrath of man and the doubts we might have. We come back with scriptures. Your triumph, your salvation, your victory, your help, like you have times and times again. Do it now. While I'm standing here, we are standing here with Israel at our side. I'm really learning to listen so that I'm hearing the now word, the now prophetic word case there's something that he just wants me to agree with and how things are supposed to move at the moment from eternity into the now recently gave me a picture of hornets as God drove the people of the land with hornets so they did not have to destroy houses or vineyards so God can do so today. Dismantle and remove Hamas without the destruction of everything. He's able. Now let's, one last place. Let's go to bring America in. Bring our country, our dear country, on this Veterans Day. And here you, Caleb's, that stand, having fought before or having served before, or whether you were, doesn't matter. See the Lord. See the Lord bringing a mighty revival, of cultural revival, where hearts of men change. Let the church come alive and fully revitalized and by God's word. Oh. Again, disengage the wrath. Wrath never works. If wrath is present in prayer, it's, it's kind of like cancels itself. Because Jesus said there'll be a day when people kill us and they think they're doing a service to God. That's wrath. We forgive. They don't know what they're doing. Nobody. Blindness everywhere. Rage everywhere. Division everywhere. But you, Jesus. Faith and confidence. To 
forgive as you were raised on that cross and then yet to speak comfort to a mother who was watching you put her under care of her son John now and then to speak to a thief that he would be with you in paradise that day so we stand knowing there's nothing beyond your power oh America again if scriptures start rising of the promise words that were spoken back years ago like Caleb brought back the word God spoke let them come up Like Glenn, you went down to Washington, D.C., one of the first major mall moments, you and Marilyn gathered the nation to pray some 40, 50 years ago. That still holds a place in heaven and authority in Jesus. Amen. You, you don't have to be seated because we're going to leave in two minutes. Let me share something that happened just on Wednesday. So in case it starts happening to you, you won't be surprised. When God seeks to move a person or a people from one level of authority to another level, it's an ascending call. But it's only by invitation, though you know it's, the invitation's been sent but there's a protocol of preparation. And the protocol of preparation is often met with silence as you wait. And the picture that was given in prayer on Wednesday to me was Moses in Exodus 24, I believe. He's called up to the mountain with Caleb, no, with Joshua. And, um, anyway, he's called up the mountain with 70 elders and they have an experience with God all together, an open vision. And then he's told to come up to the mountain and be there. And he climbs up the mountain. The mountain is like a cloud over the entire mountain, but it's, it appears with fire and thunders and lightning. And he comes up to a place right outside the cloud. And he's been told to come up. And he stands there for six days. six days until the voice of the Lord comes out of the cloud and says come in been out meditating on that what was happening 
And the best I understand it is there's an acclimation that has to take place, a recalibration of thought. Sometimes only, uh, sometimes it's, I have to become aware of how, how unqualified I am to about to step here or, or how holy this God is that I'm about to walk into and, I'm, and my heart settles down and moves. When he walks in, he goes in for 40 days and 40 nights. And he's sustained, and he's given the, the pattern of the tabernacle. He's given the law written on the, on the stone. He is, it, he's the whole outlay of the community. And, but the first six days were the critical ones. Had he just jumped in, I don't know that that's... So if that happens while you're before the Lord, because I'm more and more convinced now that if we can pot, position in these patterns as our Lord does to every day, as that we will begin to change things around us concerning things that really matter to us, people that we really love, and move from fleshly strength to supernatural strength and the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you just hold your hands up, I'll bless you and send you out. Lord, we are forever grateful that you were willing to become the sacrifice for sin once and for all, for all time, for all men. That you did in submission to the Father. I am forever, we are forever grateful that you never, never leave us or forsake us, but stand in the presence of God over us until we come fully into that inheritance and calling that was given us in you that you do not move and are not moved. And you do not. Now I ask you to grant us this priestly mantle over our families, over our neighborhoods, over our nation, as far as our faith you will give us. And this posture of peace, gentleness, and quietness, would begin to extend itself. As it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> amen. God bless you guys. Love you. This, thank you, veterans. You brought this. this. You brought this for our nation for such a time. Amen.